Be strong in the Lord. And then I want there to be a revelation today of how that can take place in your life. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to experience something. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Listen to what Paul's challenge was to his son in the faith, Timothy. Now, Timothy wasn't his biological son. He was a spiritual son. Uh, Timothy's father was a, a, a Greek. As far as we know, uh, his real father, his biological father, was not a, a believer. Uh, Timothy got his faith from his mother and his grandmother that was passed down their faith to him. But uh, Timothy became a son or a protege of, of the Apostle Paul. Now, notice what he says. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, my son. Now, remember that phrase because that is personal. That is a challenge uh, to someone in particular. May I say to you this morning that it's also a personal challenge to all of us. You, therefore, my son. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul writing, he just, he kind of broadens it and he uses the term brethren. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Now, before something is going to get caught uh, as a group, someone has to be intoxicated with it on a personal level. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, God speaking, Have not I commanded you? God talking to a, a young man by the name of Joshua. Actually, he wasn't a young man at this time. He was getting on up there in years. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's not just here in this building. But wherever you go, God is with you. Now, sometimes when we, when, we, when we read about people in the Scriptures, sometimes when we read about them, uh, we want to elevate them to more than being human. Uh, we, and, and if we're not careful, we will compare ourselves. Well, I could probably never do that because, you know, this person was thus and such and so. But if you really read these people's lives, you'll find out that they were just like you and I. They had the same weaknesses. They had the same flaws. They had the, the, the same questions. They were flesh and blood, just like you and I. That, but they had just come to the place in their life where they had begun to experience God just a little bit more uh, than they had in the past. They, were, they lived at different times. They lived in different cultures. They had different customs, but they wrestled with the same issues, and they wrestled with the same struggles, and they wrestled with the same experiences that you and I go in. So when you read about their life, when you read about their life, don't elevate them to more than human. Because in and through their life, God wants to teach us a message that if it's possible for these people to be strong in the Lord and to be strong in the grace of their God, if it was possible for them to do that, then it's possible for us in the 21st century to do the same thing. 
One thing, when you begin to read about them, they were, they've ended their life with a consciousness of a, of a spiritual power. Now, it's one thing when you start off young in the Lord and, and you're beginning to learn and study and you're wondering, how in the world am I going to get through these issues? Experience and time and knowledge takes care of a lot of questions. And the same thing is true in these folks' lives. They learned over a period of a lifetime how to experience God's power and God's grace, and they finished their lot in life with that consciousness of power. But it probably did not begin that, that way in their life. You will not hear them say how gifted we are. You will never hear them say how capable we are. I've never read anywhere in the Scriptures where somebody was so puffed up in pride that they said ignorant stuff like that. You won't hear, hear them say how smart we are or how able we are. You'll never hear them say that. It was in God's strength that these people made some of the most amazing statements. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul writes, I can do some things. I can do all things through Christ who, what? Strengthens me. He, he came to an awareness in his life that in the framework of God's will and God's purpose for his life, if he was operating in God's will and God's purpose, then there was nothing that he was going to face that he could not go through or conquer or, or handle uh, that, that came his way because he found out that he could do everything through Christ who strengthens him. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, in response to a, a question by a person by the name of Mary saying, and she was wondering, how in the world uh, can all these things be? I'm a virgin. How can I conceive? How can I have this miraculous baby? The angel just simply responded to her question, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Within the framework and the will and the purpose for, uh, for God in your life, there is nothing that can come your way that you will not be able to accomplish or go through or handle because God will give you the strength and the courage to handle it. Many ask the question, what kind of a person does God entrust with spiritual leadership? You may have asked that question. How can I be a person that can experience the Bible-type victory that these people experienced? Do I have to be some super spiritual person to experience and, and to do what these folks have done because sometimes we get that idea that they are, are, are something more than ordinary. But I want to tell you, don't get into comparison, okay? The question may be asked, how can I be a person that God can use? And I'm going to answer that question uh, this morning and give you some things that, that you need to write down in your spirit or if you're journaling, you need to write this down. Number one, notice the charge made to his son Timothy in the faith. You then, my son. You then, my son. Paul's advice is this. If we want to experience God's grace and help others, we must start with ourself. You then, my son. Before he was going to teach faithful men, there was something Timothy had to learn and experience and get to know on his own. And may I submit to you today, before you can help anybody else, before you can strengthen someone else's life, you had to be a recipient of God's strength and God's power for yourself because you cannot pass on what you do not possess. You then, 
my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Head knowledge is of little value if you just pass on a knowledge of the truth. Now get this, unless the people that can see that the truth has changed you and made you different, it's going to have very little effect in their life. That something is going on in your life, that there is a strength working in your life apart from the, from the truth that you know. Now, the only way we can lay hold of that grace is to acknowledge that we cannot get through life without God. This is a revelation, should be a revelation to all of us. Grace is never available to strong people. Let me run that by you again. Grace will never be made available to strong people. If you're here in this building and you think, I can do this on my own, you will never be a recipient of grace. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how capable you may think. And I know we are all told to develop our gifts, and we should develop our gifts. And I know we are all told you need to develop your talent, and you should. And we are all told and instructed by, by voices all over America, you need to develop some certain quality in your life. And I'm not opposed to that. You should be. But the moment you begin to depend upon those things and not the grace of God, you will never experience God's grace. That's the reason God told Paul, it's in your weaknesses that I am made strong. It's not in your abilities. If, you have, if you're trying to do this all in your own strength, I want you to understand that the supernatural, one of the enemies of the supernatural is your own natural strength. Oh, yeah, I, I've known people who had strong muscles, and I've been, in fact, in this town and in, in this area. There's some people that I knew, a man that I knew that he, a man, he was, he was strong. He was getting up in years, but he, was, he boasted in his strength and how strong he was. And if you shook his hand, he'd try to crush it because he took pride in his strength. But I, I want you to know that time and age takes care of a lot of stuff. And if, you're, and if you're boasting in your strength, age will take care of a lot of that stuff. And then when your strength is gone, what are you going to do? You need grace. You can have all the abilities in the world. You can have all the gifts in the world. You can develop all the good qualities you want to in the world. But I'm telling you, if you, have, if you do not at the same time depend upon God, all of those things will go to waste. Only God's grace al alone is enough to handle the pressures of a fallen world. This is the reason God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice what God charges Joshua. Be strong, which meant the man to whom he spoke felt weak. Be not afraid, which means that Joshua was wrestling with fear. Ever been there? Ever been to the place where you're wrestling with fear and thoughts that's trying to rob you of your peace? Oh, if you have not been, you will, because fear is a real enemy, and it will attack you in your mind. And I want you to understand that at that moment in time, you're going to have to depend upon God's grace to see you through. Neither be thou dismayed, God told Joshua, which meant that Joshua was at the point of breaking down. 
But notice, here comes grace. For the Lord your God is with you. <laughs> this week, uh, I saw grace in action. I saw the strength of the Lord in action. I uh, walked into an intensive care unit and uh, saw a man that you know by the name of Larry Pearson. Machines and wires and everything hooked up. And he had a bucket between his little knobby knees sticking out from underneath his gown that he had been using to catch the bile. All kinds of stuff hooked to his arms, a mask on his face where they're trying to give him oxygen. He's sitting up there in bed and his little flat top hair, gray hair sticking up and his eyes looking at me and there he was with a spoon and a cup of ice sucking on some ice. <laughs> no fear. No fear. Linda remarked to me, after we left the room, she said, I felt such strength in that room. And I didn't tell her that that was grace that was in that room. Grace was paying a call upon Larry to give him the strength to face what he was going through. And he had absolutely no fear of what he was going to face. You know why? Because the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Consider with me this morning some principles that will be a source or a channel of God's strength to you. Number one is faithfulness. Oh, it sounds so elementary, doesn't it? It sounds so basic. But I will tell you what, it is so vital to you and I. Just a simple thing called faithfulness. Now get this, when Jesus emerged from obscurity, he had spent 30 years of faithful service and preparation for ministry. Who can tell today what God is preparing you for tomorrow? Tomorrow is going to bring some challenges your way. And if you're not faithful in doing today what God has called you to do, you will not be equipped to handle the challenges that will face you in your tomorrow. A challenge is just a phone call away. A challenge is just a sunrise away. And you, you and I never know what today is going to bring. But I can guarantee you if you are faithful in what God has called you to do today, no matter what tomorrow He is equipping you for today for your tomorrows, His grace will be sufficient to see you through. Why? Because he, you're faithful today in what He has called you to do. 30 years of faithful service and preparation for ministry. Notice, he knew the discipline of family life and how to submit to parental authority. For 30 years, he had submitted himself to family life. He had submitted himself to his parents. He knew what it was to work. He knew what it was to hold down a job. He knew what it was to get up and, and work with his hands. And, and uh, he was a carpenter by trade. And you can, with all the things that a carpenter goes through, he attended a local church. The scripture says it calls it a skin synagogue, but it was church to him. 
And, and sometimes, I'm going to give you a little information here. He faithfully attended church, and that church was dead. That church was spiritually dead. But as the custom was, he kept going to church. He was faithful in the call and the charge that God had given him day in, day out, day in, week after week. For 30 years, he was faithful because God was preparing him for three and a half years of ministry. He lived in a home where his philosophy was, for the most part, misunderstood. His own family did not understand him. His own family thought he was crazy. Have you ever read that in the Scripture where at one point they came after him trying to get him to come out so they could take him home because they thought he, with the things he was teaching, he had lost his mind? But he kept, he kept uh, submitting, he kept living in a home and loving people who thought that his philosophy was off the wall. God the Father put his stamp of approval on those 30 years of faithfulness. When John the Baptist baptized him in water, there was a voice in heaven that, that, uh, that authenticated his years of faithfulness. This is my son in whom I am what? Well, pleased. What's going to be an elementary source of God's grace and power getting you just simply being faithful in what God has called you to do day in, day out, week in, week out, whether you feel like it or not, you put one foot in front of the other and you're absolutely faithful to the call of God on your life and it will be a channel of God's power to you. Secondly, complete surrender to the plan and the will of God for your life. Complete surrender to the plan and the will of God for your life. Now, some of you, when I say that, you're probably thinking, well, am I supposed to be some missionary and go to China? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everybody in this building, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And a source of grace and strength will be for you to day in, day out, week in, week out, be faithful to the plan and the will of God and the purpose of God for your life. You say, well, what is God's purpose? Number one, to be a witness. You're to be a witness. Uh, you, you are called to, to be a worshiper. Uh, there's a lot of things that is God's will for your life. You don't have to go off and be in a pulpit and preach or whatever, but you still have to be uh, you know, concerned about God's will for your personal life. How can you pass on to your family uh, faith if you're not exercising faith today? You're quiet now. Don't get quiet on me. Complete surrender to the plan and the will of God for your life. Joshua lined up the people. If you read in your devotions, chapter 24 of the book of Joshua, he lined up the people and he said, listen, you need to make a decision. What decision are they going to make? You need to make a decision today on whom you're going to serve. Why did he challenge them? Because he knew if they were going to survive as a nation and as a family, they were going to have to submit themselves to the Lordship of Christ. And then he goes on to say, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. <laughs> it was said of Caleb, that was Joshua's other buddy. It was said of him that he wholly followed God the Lord. And that word holy simply is not H-O-L-Y, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y. He completely 
surrendered to the will and the purposes and the lordship of Christ in his life. And the scripture says when he was ready to go into the promised land, even though him and Joshua was old, his strength, he was not weak. He was just as strong that day as the first day he was. They went into the promised land and came back with a good report. Why? Because he wholly followed the Lord. My challenge to all of us today is that can you say today that you are wholly following God's plan and purpose for your life? Is your priority straight? Paul never allowed for one minute a rival to the will of God to lodge in his heart once he committed to God. Not one time. He said of this, I count all things but loss. What? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Was he tempted? Absolutely. Was he tested? Absolutely. Are you? He wasn't superhuman. I'm talking about people who lived and served God, that we want to make them some kind of a... No, he just didn't allow anything to wrestle his priorities away from him serving God in the plan and purpose for his life. And the same challenges to all of us. Is my priorities right today? Is my, am I totally surrendered and sold out to the will and the plan and the purposes of God in my life? It will be a channel of God's power to your life. Because it could be me and it could be you in the next hospital room. And I've been in some hospital rooms where I did not feel the peace of God. And I've been at the bedside of a lot of people who had my hand with a death-like grip on it pray and hollering, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. There was no peace. There was no grace there. There was no strength. And there was no knowledge of where they was going to spend. And, they, and fear was in the room and fear was tormenting them. And even though we were praying, still tormented because he had not learned on a faithful daily basis to depend upon God's grace in this life now. Number three. God must be recognized as your source of supply. As I was in that room, I began to quote parts of Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He leads me, he guides me, he restores my soul. He comforts me, and yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. And in that room, there was a sense of strength in that room that was there before I came in because he had repeatedly told his family, I am not afraid. Woo-hoo! I am not afraid of dying. How does 
someone get that way. That's because in, since 1993, he had turned his life over to Christ. Made a change in the direction and the destiny. And he had been absolutely faithful to the call and the purposes of God in his life. God told Joshua, you fight, I'll deliver you. You do what you can do, but you stay dependent upon me. He gives me peace that passes understanding. He ministers to all my needs in this present life. <laughs> and in my future, I will live with him forever. Proverbs 21 Verse 31 just simply says it this way. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. The safety is of the Lord. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm going to do everything I can do. And after I've done everything I can do in the natural, my dependency is on God in the battle. My safety and your safety is of the Lord. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And allow his strength to uphold you and strengthen you. Who knows today what he is preparing you for and what you will face in your tomorrows. Stay faithful to God. Be submissive to God's will, purposes in your life. And stay dependent upon God for all your provision. Come on, Steph. Help me out. Every head bowed this morning. Be strong in the grace. Remember what I said. You, my son, that's a personal thing. You know, I'm, I'm in, the, in the next couple of weeks, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm planning an impartation service. Now, you don't have to go across country to Rob Parsley to have him lay hands on you doing the impartation service. In fact, you don't know that much about him. What you see is what you see on TV. But you don't see his personal life. And I know a lot of people that has persuasive words whose personal life that you don't know anything about is a wreck. We've seen that too, haven't we? But we need an old-fashioned impartation service here of people whose lives that we know about. Brother Lawson sitting back here has a unique capacity over his life to take churches that were empty and God graced him with the ability to gather up people who wouldn't connected to a church anywhere and he put a group of people together bring a small church back to life and stay there long enough to get it established and put a teaching pastor over it 
impartation. Teachers, Marion and Judy, who's went through the, had been through the wars, stayed faithful to God in teaching, ministry, and pass it on to Karen. An impartation service from men, women in this congregation that can pass on to our young people the mantle that they carry. And I'll be getting a hold of you for Brad and Scott and Desi, who comes from a family who received impartation from a fabulous mom. An impartation needs to be passed on. The talent and the giftings, people who faithfully do music day in, day out, Passing that mantle on to the next generation. To the next generation. Into the summer when everybody's home, we're going to have that service. I'm going to have, I'm going to contact people. We're going to lay hands on young people and those that want to receive from God. We're going to pass this mantle on. Because you can only impart what you possess. But you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I feel God today. Though things do not always work out the way I want them to, I still see the hand of God and even negative situations. I pray for this congregation, Father, for those that are in this building. There's people here that probably has never made a commitment to serve you. Today, I want them to receive revelation knowledge of your love today and the necessity, God, for them to make the greatest decision that they will ever make in their life. Grant them the courage today to make that decision in this place, right now, this moment. Don't allow fear to rob them or uncertainty to rob them of making that decision. If you're here and you don't know Christ is your Savior, I'm going to ask you to do something today, and I want you to, I want you to be very courageous. not going to have you come forward, but I am going to ask you to stand. If you don't know Christ today, I want to impart to you faith today. As we pray, we want faith to arise in your heart. If you don't know Christ, you'd like to receive him this morning. Will you stand right where you're at? Will you do that? Anywhere in the building, you want to receive Christ as your Savior today. Stand right where you're at. Be courageous. Be bold. Else? You want to make the 
the most important decision you'll ever make today. You want to receive Christ as your Savior. Will you stand? Thank you, Father. We'll wait for you. You're worth waiting for. prayer support to that family this week. I want everybody in the building to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. I receive you today as the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock, okay? God bless you guys. Oh, Lord Jesus.